just call him the grabber. Just, which one's his name? I was really starting to like you, Finny. If you try to touch me, I'll scratch your face. And whoever's coming will see and ask why. This face? I heard a little birdie told me that you attempted to watch Doctor Strange 2 colon Multiverse of Madness, a Marvel Studios production. Now, what did you I, think of it? Yeah. Um, I didn't finish. <laughs> I <laughs> I fell asleep at some point and I woke up and things were happening. And I told my girlfriend, I want to go to bed. So we turned it off. <laughs> and then I quietly didn't mention it so she didn't have to make me rewatch it or watch Aww. any of it more. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so that's what happened. I just, okay, so this this is probably rare for, for you to hear because, you know, you're very into Marvel and you know what's going on. Mm-hmm. I've never felt lost in a movie, <laughs> but I, I don't, I can't think of the last Marvel movie I've seen. Like I oh. definitely have not watched a Marvel movie in the last two years. Right. So I had no clue who the fuck anybody was. <laughs> I haven't even seen Dr. Strange. Oh. The first one. Well, that's I, an issue. And like Wanda, I was like, so she just wants fake kids. Like, I have no context to anything. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, um, and that's on Disney's fault for making you watch so many shows and movies just so I know what's going on. But, um, my main complaint, and I, and this might also be due to the fact that I haven't watched a Marvel movie and I can't even count how many years, but no one seems to care that there's like giant tentacle monsters around and shit. (laughs) like i was actually going on a rant about this like you think in a world where like superheroes and villains like exist they would fix like cities would fix their infrastructure right oh sure like we need to use stronger steel we need maybe not maybe we shouldn't (laughs) do skyscrapers anymore you know i don't know i just feel like giant monsters and aliens in your world and you're just people are so commonplace where instead of running they just take out their phones. I feel like uh, you need to make changes, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I get that. I mean, if we but, really want to get into it, it's it's like... I mean, it, it does seem more expensive to like completely rebuild everything than it is to just maintain no, it yeah, as best yeah, you I can. I understand, but like... Okay. I don't know. I just... I just feel like they need something in place to deal with it, you know? No, yeah. And there is something sort of like that. I don't even think they're in that Doctor Strange 2 movie, but the they have, like, there's, like, the Department of Damage Control. Oh, like, okay. Whenever a superhero event, like, happens, like, they show up and, like, they, like, take a tally of all the damage. And they will, like, literally bill, like whoever is responsible like tony stark or i think it's even funded by tony stark but oh so it's just his own personal money yeah it literally yeah he's just funding it and that's what happens like after like that the first avengers movie their whole scuffle in new york 
Like they just hired the, the damage control department to just come in and like clean it all up and make sure no one is taking home alien equipment. Shit like How that. much do you think Endgame was worth? <laughs> that was, I mean, <laughs> it depleted it, his bank account. I'm sure it did. Yeah, I'm sure he's just. He just went broke after that one. Yeah, because, I mean... He comes back and the government's at his door. They're like, um, sir, you owe us $3 trillion. Yeah, because, I mean, just thinking about how many people, like, like would have been in, like, driving, like, a car when they got snapped. Yeah. And then they just get, like, the car just, like, rams into other people and, like, destroys, like, property. It's, like, probably a lot of damage there that took them a long Imagine time to clean up how many small offices went crazy when their it guy got snapped away <laughs> you know it was just complete chaos <laughs> I, I can't print no one can help me print <laughs> i don't know i I am just so disconnected from Marvel hype and I I didn't realize how clueless I actually was about Marvel. Like I thought I had a pretty good beat. No, I mean, just the story watch like the, this Dr. Strange movie, you needed to have watched Spider-Man three. You needed to have watched WandaVision. You needed to have watched Dr. Strange one. I mean, you needed to have watched Endgame and infinity war to watch Endgame because people, they were talking about the snap. Right. Yeah, exactly. So there's like a ton of, Um, content you would oh you need to watch loki because that sets up all the multiverse stuff as well so that's just a lot of content that most people are not going to go out of their way for you know yeah so this was made for weirdos like me (laughs) yeah well my 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 last like final complaint and this is my main flaw why i just don't watch marvel movies in general one i think they're boring yeah Um, you know i don't like superhero movies Mm-hmm. So there's there's nothing I have no connection to anything. And this is where like I I'm fine with that. I can go into movies saying like I have no connection, but at least it looks good. Yeah. The, this did not look good to me. Brainy's <laughs> direction did not save it. I think everything <laughs> still looks fake and plastic and nothing ever looks real and there's no depth. There's there's nothing oh. interesting to look at. Yeah. I I I was I was only watching it because I was like, okay, Sam Raimi, you know, <laughs> that'll be entertaining. I did not see enough of him in it to. I I don't know. Keep I feel my general attention. Some people have been saying that, but I feel like it's just it's it's definitely the most visually interesting Marvel movie, like hands down. Like oh, there, there's there's a lot more going on in it than there are in other ones. I'm not saying I, that it's great visually. I'm saying it's better. <laughs> you're saying the bar is so low. Yes, yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't even know if I can stomach the others then. <laughs> Dude, yeah, Spider-Man No Way Home is it's rough. There's like I mean, there's apartment scenes in it that for some reason are CGI. When like you could just build like a set, it's just a small apartment. It's like, yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah. That's one the okay one thing. The only thing I liked was when they did the big expository scene as what's going on, and they did the classic Raimi like people were like fading in and out and stuff like that. Oh yeah, yeah, like yeah. the old like nineties horror movie stuff. I was like, okay, this yeah. is awesome. And uh, did did you get to the part when Scarlet Witch is 
in her uh, multiversal counterparts apartment or like house or whatever and with the kids um there was the beginning <laughs> scene when she woke up from her dream oh okay well uh, uh, later in the movie she uh she like her like presence goes there i don't remember what i i have, i don't remember anything about the movie to be honest but like I remember that scene because it was like actually like it was executed like in a very Raimi way where it was actually really creepy and like mm. well done. It's like so there there's some stuff like later in the movie I feel like that you that feel a lot more Raimi-ish I guess. Because I, I could see what you mean but if you, if you just watch like the first like hour because yeah, all you see is like the that like weird tentacle monster at the beginning, which has no point, And it's just like a CGI, like slugfest. And then that's, yeah, I don't know. I just hope, um, I hope my, uh, Caroline is not listening to this, but I just hope she forgets that about it. And I don't have to finish it, <laughs> but we'll see. So maybe, maybe I'll have an update. Honestly, by Full the end review. of the movie, it's like my big, big issue with that movie is that like, by the end of it, like nothing has really changed, other than like it, nothing happened really. Yeah, other than Scarlet Witch being like out of the equation now, like that's really it. That she he just defeated her, and then, uh, <laughs> that's about it. I don't know. I I figured this would be like the linchpin of the whole multiverse arc they're going through, but it it wasn't really. It was just kind of like their multiverse stuff in it i don't know it's Maybe really they're testing the waters i no, is well, this they, too confusing that's the problem it's like they it feels like they're doing that with every movie now where it's like we're all building up to a thing and then the thing happens but then we're also then at the same time we're also building up to the next thing so it's like so they're just constantly building up yeah they keep threading you through on and on and on Phase one through three of it were fine because that led up to Thanos, that whole thing. That, to me, was a satisfying conclusion. But, like, I don't know. This recent phase has all just been, like, there's, like, there's, it feels like they're building up, but it's to nothing. I don't know. It's really hard to explain. But, like, as, I don't as know. As you're talking, my brain is turning into sludge. I'm sorry. Yeah, I shouldn't be talking about it this much. <laughs> no, it's okay. This is just so otherworldly to me. I know that I yeah. like forget. I I I genuinely don't realize. Like, this is gonna sound really mean, but watching them really makes me understand why I hate them so much. <laughs> okay. Like, like that sounds really mean, but like sometimes I'm thinking, I'm like, oh, am I too hard on it? Maybe it's not that bad. And then I watch it. And 10 minutes in, I'm like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> now I understand why people hate things, you know? Yeah. Oh, but that's yeah, just I get me. you. So. It, it has been getting on my, my bad side more recently, like I said, with this recent phase. But I don't know. It, it And for most part, for me, it's like I read comics as a kid, especially yeah. DC um, and some Marvel, not a whole lot of Marvel. And like my my dream always as a kid was to like see like have those movies yeah like have a crap load of those movies like and when, if I was a kid if I was like fifteen years younger I would be in heaven yeah. like Jesus Christ like there's so oh, yeah. much kids stuff. love it yeah I mean the they're kids in, movies 
Yeah, they really are. Yeah, but they're when made you for get, kids. When you get it down to it, yeah, they're kids' movies that like most of the time have something for everybody in it. Like, I mean, yeah. normal general audience people, not like cinema buffs or anything like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, so that's where I'm coming at. It's like I have a real emotional attachment to it, just from it's a childhood. I get thing. that. You know, and I understand is not they're not very well made, but I, I will stand by yeah. that they're for the most part well written, um, or they're at least smartly written most of the time. I'll agree to disagree with you on that one, but uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, I but I, I can't talk because I'll watch fucking Hellraiser eight and have a blast. <laughs> so I don't blame you for that I, either. Those those have uh, I, I'm not one to talk. The, the, even movies like that have a certain um, degree of fun to them, you know. So I, I get that. Well, um, now that we've just <laughs> talked about Marvel for like ten minutes, <laughs> yeah. we we both. However, we can segue. I can have a segue. Yeah, because uh, the the Black Phone is what we watch, which is directed by Scott Derrickson, who directed mm. the first Doctor Strange. That's right. So, uh, and he also directed Sinister, which is um, where Ethan Hawke comes in. That's my guess. Oh, I forgot um, that he directed that. Oh, cool. Yeah, <laughs> he did, and he's done like like all his stuff is horror movies, other than Doctor Strange. So this guy's specialty so, is like that, like grainy film horror footage like 70s yeah. 80s <laughs> interesting yeah okay. um he did that other movie was it like the exorcism of emily something oh he did that as well uh, Jeez. So yeah he really is like that okay he's a horror guy the rest of his projects wow. i didn't recognize they were just lower budget random horror stuff right um but uh he did this newest one the black phone <laughs> which is um which i'm sure everyone has seen the trailer because it's like you said i think you said like it's been on like the trailer's been out for like two years or something like that it it feels i like know it. i've seen it like five times in theaters oh yeah i i yeah i mean i but, I, uh, I remember seeing a trailer for it at least a year ago with some of the movies last summer so it's yeah. like i'm sure it's been longer than like, that. like i remember seeing this trailer and then seeing the uncharted trailer yeah exactly and that was like i don't even know when that was and that came out forever ago (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) but yeah so the black phone is essentially about uh ethan hawk who plays a deranged serial killer magician uh kidnaps uh children and one kid who is kidnapped uh gets calls on this like broken phone in this soundproof room of the past victims that help him escape. And and that's pretty much it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean it's it's a it's a pretty straightforward plot. It really is. Um and I almost wish they kept it that way, but I understand you gotta stretch it out mm-hmm. um to be, you know, feature length. Uh but uh what what was your thought on it? Because I think you liked this one a little bit more than me. You were giving it a bit more more credit than I was. <laughs> well, I to um I think as the more I thought about it as I got out of the theater, which by the way, this 
movie is the first movie that we've actually watched together for the podcast or like we went yes. we both went to the theater and watched it we were there set yeah and then struggled not to talk about it yeah because we wanted Until to try now, to save it which for we, this which we failed to do a lot of yeah but we'll get better yeah no i i mean i thought it was pretty good overall i i felt like the more i thought about it the worse it got for me like as we were getting coming out of the theater and we we're just like walking back to the car it was like it just really started to yeah. hit like how much stuff like those things that those stuff the little things i thought about during the movie that i don't really know why i didn't like kind of kind of realized yeah. why i didn't like it like uh-huh. you know but i i mean i i liked the beginning of the movie like the, almost the first like third of it a lot where like yeah i um i feel like yeah. it has a really strong first act and third act Mm-hmm. But the middle is just really pushing it. I feel right. like, yeah, it felt very repetitive in the middle for me. Yes, yeah, it was just kind of the same three things happening right. over and over. Yeah, and it, it makes That's sense in order to get the third act what happens because it's mm-hmm. building up to it. But in the moment, it's just kind of like, okay, we're doing this again. Okay, same thing happened. Okay, we're doing this again. Okay, same thing happened. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I almost would have, like, because as we'll talk about it further, like, the part of the movie that we're calling repetitive is when the the kid is actually in the basement of the killer's house. And mm-hmm. it's kind of, like, going through, like, I'm sure we've all seen from the trailers, like, he gets help from kids who have been previously killed by the killer. So and it kind of goes to each kid one at a time, and basically yeah. they tell him about a way they tried to get out, and he well he basically just tries that way again, even though it didn't yeah. work for them. And like, well, to be fair, one kid was like, "Oh, I didn't have time," or something like that. that so oh, that's true. The one that was digging the hole or whatever. Yeah. Ex- yeah. There was a couple of them. I'll I'll get into that when we talk spoilers. Um, that I was like. Okay, if you tried this, then wouldn't um, there be physical evidence of it? <laughs> well, I mean, I guess to be fair, Ethan Hawke could have just fixed the like, holes and stuff like that. Yeah, I guess he could have cleaned it up. But I, don't I, don't know. Know. I, I see what you mean. Like, I would have liked it more if the, the ghost children worked together more. Because they seem to just be, mm-hmm. like, independent of each other. And, like, it's like when he starts, like, oh, he could, like... One of the kids is like, oh, you could try to like use these uh, wires, try to get up to that window or whatever. And it's like so early in the movie, you know, it's not going to work. Right. So it's like, yeah, it almost feels like a waste of time where you're like, oh, God. And then it, they all sort of all lead together, I guess, at the end. But like, I felt like it would have been better to see like those ghost children working together more. They have like a plan based on what they've tried before, you know, and- but it wasn't really like that. They also weren't all that helpful. <laughs> no, like they would they're scare not. him. And yeah. I'm like, what the hell? Why do, why would you spook him if you're yeah. trying to help him? <laughs> yeah, it was it was really strange. It was strange. I think for sure. this is a really good movie if you just um it's like late at night, you want to turn your brain off and just watch a scary movie. Yeah. I think this is fine. Like mm-hmm. I like this movie. It's it's fine. That's how I mm-hmm. 
that's how I put it. Like it's not too, not bad. The the <laughs> the premise is interesting enough and it's executed well enough to hold my interest. Right. But there's just parts that kind of just slug through. Mm-hmm. And I think a part um, of that that makes the movie I think for both you and I is that Ethan Hawke is in it. Like Yeah, he's great. Yeah, if it was anyone but him, I feel like I'd be a lot less interested in it. I think it would be a lot uh, more cringy. Yeah, exactly. Uh, which is something I want to talk about is, um, you know, you know my affinity towards children, right? Oh, yeah, that sounds really bad. <laughs> yeah, where's this I don't, going? <laughs> I'm not, <laughs> no, I'm doing the opposite. I'm not a fan of children. Oh, so, you don't you don't like children. Okay. I don't like let me let me make an official <laughs> statement. I do not like children. I'm uh, editing that part out. Yeah. You're just gonna edit out the do not just I like children. <laughs> <laughs> it'll be you say I have an affinity for children, and then it'll go right to that part. I love children. I have an affinity let me be clear, I have an affinity for children. I like children. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, that sounds like like a Trump speech that he would say. Honestly, yeah, even Trump or Let Obama. Let me be clear about the children. <laughs> I like all children. <laughs> oh, um, but the point I was getting to before I was accused of being a pedophile is um, child actors are are a real struggle. I feel like they make and break movies. And this one didn't have a lot of good ones. Um, no. <laughs> nothing against the children. They're doing their best. The, the only one that was good was the sister. Yeah, she was awesome, I thought. She, she was, was really, really good. good. Yeah. Especially there's like a scene of her getting abused by her father. And it's like a really believable like cry. Yeah. I, I'll, I'll say it like it's the most believable like crying I've seen in a movie like from a kid. Yeah. It's yeah. like oh, it was yeah. crazy. Uh, the main kid isn't that bad. No, he's fine. Um, but the other kids are are not great, and I would say <laughs> bad a lot of the time. Yeah. But to be fair, the dialogue is not good either for them. So I don't think they have a lot to... They don't talk like kids. No, they talk like, you like know? adults. They talk like a 30-year-old yeah. guy. Like And like kids don't know how to swear like that. No. You no. know? Like, and they seem to have a lot like, of like emotional intelligence as well. Like it just didn't yeah. line up with their age at all. Yeah, because they're supposed to be like middle school, right? Like mm-hmm. seventh, eighth grade, maybe. That's what I got. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but it's like especially one of the the kids that was killed, he was like the bully kid, who was supposed to be like really hard, like like oh. it was like, fuck this, fuck that. Yeah, he's like, like, he, like, answers the phone. He's like, "What the fuck do you want, you fucking ass fart face?" <laughs> and it's like, dude, calm down. He's trying a you little know? too hard. <laughs> he's like trying really hard. It's like, uh, it's like when you're a kid and you like realize like you can swear when your parents aren't around. <laughs> so you're just like trying to swear at every chance you get. <laughs> That that's, that's so what he accurate. sounded like. It's <laughs> really accurate. Um, that that took me out a lot of it, especially during the phone calls. And I feel like that's the most interesting part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so that was unfortunate. But hey, nothing against the kids. Um, good job no. getting your paycheck. 
They tried. Uh, you did your best with what you had. Mm-hmm. I just don't think the dialogue was in their favor at all. Yeah, some of that, especially that some of that dialogue early on was like, hey, hey. it's like hard to hard to read that convincingly even for an adult actor. So yeah. Yeah, and like some of the, some of the lines by like Ethan Hawke were pretty like on the nose too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I was he wasn't too him. subtle about <laughs> right. the character, you know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah, well, going into it, when I saw like the first thing, I was like, "Oh, it's gonna be it's based on a short story." I was like, "Okay, so that's usually a bad thing for movies." because they have the writers have to fill in the padding you know Mm -hmm. where it's like short stories are good because there's like one really interesting premise right Mm -hmm. and that's really hard to like expand upon in a meaningful way to where you don't wear that premise out oh right and and i guess they didn't do it with this i guess they stayed really true to the short story but my theory is they added the sister and a lot of those characters doing stuff. Okay. As extra, which that for me felt like padding. Mm-hmm. And I was a lot less interested in that. And it didn't lead to anything. No, and I, I felt like some of the, the scenes with the sister clashed with the tone of the rest of the movie as well. Yeah. Where like some of the sister scenes are like, I remember it, like kept from like a basement scene with the kid being trapped in there. It's like really dark, and you like just saw Ethan Hawke with, mm-hmm. he, like threw his eggs on the ground or some shit. And it cuts to like yeah. the, the sister in her room like praying to Jesus, and and it's 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 a funny scene, but it like oh yeah, it comes out of nowhere, and it feels like we just went from one tone like all the way to the other extreme with just like a one cut, and it was yeah, like, like tonally yeah. it's very inconsistent. And that just feels like its own movie, mm-hmm. you know, like, uh, like, oh, this sister's brother goes missing and she has visions, you know, that seems like a movie of its own. Yeah, it does. Honestly, which is kind of like a very common trope they do with kids like psychic children. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that I, I don't know if I like it or not is that they really don't tell you anything. Like, you don't know why Ethan Hawke is a freak. You don't know why the sister sees these visions. You don't know how the phone works or why it works. Right. But and I almost like that. I Yeah, I was fine with that. I was I would be more fine with it if it was just, like, the phone and Ethan Hawke being a weirdo. But just the whole sister thing, I was like, okay, now there's another supernatural element. Oh, okay. Yeah. It just felt like too much supernatural elements and it almost felt like there because of that there needed to be a connection. Right. And there wasn't at all. That makes sense. Yeah. They had to they had to give us like some hint. They don't have to outright explain it, but just something. Yeah. That gives us something to chew on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I, get I mean, what you mean for the phone, Ethan Hawke does mention it right away cuz the kid immediately goes for the phone and he's like, "Oh, that hasn't worked since I was a kid." So that oh, establishes yeah, he did say that. there's something <laughs> of importance of the phone. And I think it also establishes that probably his father did the exact same thing he's doing to the kids. Oh, you know, like he yeah. was probably abused. That's interesting. Um, he, he was the naughty boy. Right. That's how I read it. 
Because I think that's another common theme. Because their dad was abusive. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I don't know. That makes sense, actually. I didn't think about it that way, but that makes a lot of sense. I bet that's what they were trying to go for. That's, uh, I get into the mind of the killers. <laughs> you know? You get into the Put mind me on of, one of those Scott Derrickson. Crime dogs. Yeah, I get in the mind of Scott Derrickson. <laughs> Dude, these make this kid safe fuck a lot. Oh, shit. <laughs> Like, just give this uh, really skinny kid a mullet. That'll make him look tough. Yeah, Hell make him look yeah. like he's in the 80s, even though it's the 70s. <laughs> yeah. You know, one thing that I actually do appreciate this movie, and I read in an interview um, he was actually going for this, is he doesn't, he didn't like that now all these time period movies, like 70s and 80s, are like the glam, like eight, like uh, Stranger Things really glorifies like the 80s, you know? Oh, Yeah. And he's like, no, I want to like show the '70s like how it was, mm-hmm. you know, like just, Midwest '70s, just very boring, very plain. Right. Kids walking home from school, you know, your local uh, grocery store, just that kind of stuff, which I appreciate a lot. Because mm-hmm. I think we both growing up in the Midwest, I I really connect to that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's weird, like connecting to a time that I didn't exist in, <laughs> but the fact that it relatively remains unchanged, you know, mm-hmm. it's kind of comforting in a way. Yeah. It's a very, it's a very comforting time. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I feel like a, growing up in the Midwest as a kid is like the least stressful, <laughs> it's, you it's know, true. Yeah. it's boring, but <laughs> there's not a whole lot going on. And that's like kind of a good thing. Mm hmm. Um, yeah, and I feel yeah. like he, as well, going off of that, I, I like that he, mm-hmm. like, yeah, like you said, it's like a lot of shows will glamorize the 70s, 80s eras, mm-hmm. but like he he really like pins it down where it's like, too, like there's dark, there's a lot of darkness to these areas as yeah. well, where it's right. like, yeah, like as a hotbed of like serial killings and like kids going missing, like mm-hmm. you really get that impression from this, I feel like. Right. Yeah, and uh, I mean, like other stuff, like does this like uh, Paul Thomas Anderson, like like licorice pizza, is mm. it's it is like a glorification of the '70s, but he's also showing you like it's almost ironic because it is super fucking depressing, yeah, <laughs> and stuff like that. Like mm-hmm. on the surface, yeah, it's great, but we also had all these problems we were dealing with, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and speaking of the PTA. This is my thought, like, early in the movie when the dad is eating breakfast and the kids, like, can't make a noise. <laughs> oh, I thought yeah. that was, like, a Phantom Thread reference. Because that's, like, an exact thing where, like, uh, Daniel Day-Lewis character doesn't like any noise at breakfast time. Like, he can't start his day of confrontation. So, like, even, like, in the movie, like, she's, like, scraping, like, butter on toast and it, like, bothers him. Oh, my God. And that God. causes a whole fight. And that's where I thought they were going with it. And the interview I was reading, the the interview was even like, hey, is this like a Phantom Thread reference? And the guy was like, no. <laughs> like, he was just like, we just wanted to show that the kids were like scared of their father. Oh, my God. That's, that's funny. So I was like, oh, okay. What did you recommend, Phantom Thread? I've heard a lot of good things about I that. I love Phantom Thread. Awesome. Phantom Thread uh, is incredible. It is. It is insanely I romantic is not the the best word to use, <laughs> but 
Uh, I think it's still on Netflix. I highly, highly recommend it. Uh, oh, okay. I, I quote that movie almost every day to Carolina, and she's never seen it, so she has no clue what I'm talking about. But, like, whenever I'm, like, laying in bed, I'll be like, kiss me, darling, before I am sick. She's like, what the hell? Are you sick? And I'm like, no, it's from Phantom Thread. But, no, yeah, Phantom Thread's awesome. I gotta watch that shit, man. It's definitely so behind. up there on my PTA rankings. Paul Thomas Anderson is a lot like like Studio Ghibli for me, where it's like, I could tell you my least favorite one, but it's still like a masterpiece, you know? Right, yeah. It's good it's by like, the, its standards. <laughs> yeah, it's like trying to like me pick what my least favorite like ice cream is, you know? <laughs> it's like they're all incredible. Right. So, yeah. Um, okay, I'm done going. Uh, I got to stop myself. I'll talk about PTA for the next, like, 30 minutes. No, it's okay. Uh, I like hearing about it. Yeah. Well, I did I did, I, I did want to go into about the short story, which was written by Joe Hill, which I found out is the son of Stephen King. And I guess Joe oh. Hill is his pen name because he doesn't want to be, like, associated with his dad, which is cool. Yeah. You know? That's awesome. Uh, I'm assuming but, is it because he just he doesn't want to like look like he's like riding on the coattails of his dad. Yeah. Okay. Yep. That exactly that. And that's actually it's funny in the story. It uh, is a clown because he loved it as a kid. Uh, oh, like okay. the movie. Yeah. Um. And so he wrote thinking just like oh it's a clown and he, he was picturing kind of like uh, like John Wayne Gacy type. Mm-hmm. Um. There's do you know there's a lot of psychology behind like Gacy's makeup why he's so like fucking scary really because he was the first clown to do points like all other clowns oh. are like really rounded makeup you know they have yeah. the rounded lips they have like the rounded around the eyes he was the first one to do like triangles and points interesting so i guess that just makes him scary or <laughs> um i can but see people that think like like psychologists believe like he's the reason why like clowns are now scary because like Something about that points. He wasn't a very good clown from what I've heard, but um, <laughs> yeah, so he loved it. So he was kind of like inspired by that. Like he was mm-hmm. kind of picturing a clown like Pennywise committing these crimes. But the writers changed uh, Ethan Hawke's character to a magician because the new it's are so popular. They didn't want it to think that they're just riding on the coattails of it. You okay. Know? Yeah. Like, oh, clowns are scary right now. Let's do a clown. So that's why they made him a magician. <laughs> I like that. I think that that differentiates it enough, I guess. And I can see what you mean. Like, even even the um, child characters, like, and them going up against, like, some something really dark and sinister, like, is, like, I can see where that mm-hmm. is inspired by it. Like, this is, this movie is pretty much that. Yeah. So, interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just a bit more grounded, and I mean, I actually I shouldn't say I was going to say less surreal, but then this kid's talking to ghost children. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> so I guess, uh, but one thing that's funny is when they originally wrote it, they were intentionally never going to show the guy's face. Like oh. they were planning to do like the mask the whole way through, and the abduction scene, they were just going to film around his face. But then when they got Ethan Hawke, they're like, "Fuck." We gotta show his face. He's Ethan Hawke. Yeah. You know? Right? Yeah. So they did show his face in full that one scene when he was like abducting the kid. 
Oh, okay. So I was like, oh, that's pretty funny. Yeah, that's pretty. That's a, that's pretty cool. And I, I was reading, I guess, the mask. I wasn't sure what it was based off of. I thought it was something maybe like Japanese because it kind of looked like the Onis, you know? Yeah, I was actually going to ask you um, what if there's an inspiration for this the mask. So they got inspired by, I guess, magicians in the 30s and 40s. Their um, plays or whatever their shows would always be in two parts or like clowns too, where it would be the fun guy first for the first half of the show and the second half would be the devil. And he'd be showing all his like sinister tricks, mm-hmm. so that's what they were kind of going off of. Oh, okay. Um, and he did say that the reason the masks change throughout is like his different mood, mm-hmm. or like different characters. Which there is a line where I think the kid asks, like, "Oh, did you kill the boys?" And he's like, "No, I didn't." So that was like that mask didn't kill him, but the other mask did. Oh, know? I see. That's Which cool. I was worried they were going to get into like split territory. Oh, God. <laughs> I was like, oh, is this just going to be split? But I'm glad they didn't. Yeah, they went. They just they made Ethan Hawke a freak. Yeah, that, that's great. And that mask was cool that's what looking, I liked. too. I, I loved Yo, how it, yeah. he seemed you could like take different parts of it off and like add parts yeah. to it. Interchangeable. It was like really unique and weird. Yeah, I liked that a it lot. It was cool. Mm hmm. Um, yeah, um, I mean, I guess the last little fun fact was that, uh, he actually left Multiverse of Madness to direct this. (laughs) I guess he's been writing this for, like, a while, because he really likes the story, and he got, like, Joe Hill's approval. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then when he left Multiverse of Madness, he's like, fuck that, and he's like, hey, let's do Black Phone, like, immediately. Like, he wasn't even hung up on, like, the Doctor Strange stuff. Yeah. He he actually said he wanted to do something like this more than like a big superhero thing. So yeah, that's I don't blame cool. him. I I feel like I don't I don't like the Doctor Strange movie, but and I I don't I, I'm not I don't love this movie, but I feel like this is a much more worthwhile script to direct and make into a movie than Doctor Strange. Like yeah, I think this is a lot more interesting to watch for me. I, I'm sure it was for you mm-hmm. as well. Oh. Yeah, it was a fun time in the theater. Yeah. Um yeah, my for my sure. one final my final complaint about this. This is my biggest complaint. I'll complain about this in any horror movie. <laughs> is all the unnecessary jump scares. Oh god, yeah. <laughs> Glad there you were some that. <laughs> that weren't even warranted. <laughs> like there were some I get, like spooky ghost people. There's some like just girl just riding her bike and then bam. Oh yeah, it was like out of nowhere. But, yeah. That was, it was the like one unneeded. that scared it the living shit out of me. Yeah, yeah, because you don't expect it. No, <laughs> I don't know. And it was so loud. I, I don't like jump scares. So, and not yeah. even just like because they scare me. Like I just get startled by the noise, you know. Mm-hmm. But like I, yeah, I just it's, think it's 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 cheap thrills. Mm-hmm. I rather be creeped out than startled. Yeah, I'm generally but. against jump scares as well because it's like, especially ones like this movie had where it most of them literally were just a loud sound happening. Yeah, like and just and out of like, nowhere too. I know, and that would like jump a toddler who's not even watching the movie. Yeah, it's like a, it's just it's so lazy and it like that feels like something to like get like younger people stimulated 
who like might well, be on their phones. It is a Blumhouse movie. movie. Yeah. So. <laughs> you know. I think the worst example of that is like the fucking paranormal activity movies. Oh Those yeah. Horrible with that. Oh my god. Hey, it's they're like commercially successful. That's what brings the people in. I guess it's just that they're just so lazy because all I remember about them is like, I think the first one is decent. It's not terrible, but like the the ones oh, yeah. after that are just, just just awful. It's like it's literally just an hour and a half like roller coaster ride, where mm-hmm. like you're just like the parts that are quiet and it's characters talking. That's like you're you're going up the hill. Of yeah, like you're a, going up. <laughs> and then all of a sudden something really loud happens and like a glass falls off the table. That's your little dip down the hill. And yeah. you start rising back up again, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like, that's literally all they are. It's it's just so annoying. Oh my gosh. Are you, are you agreeing with Martin Scorsese by saying that all horror movies are theme park rides? <laughs> no. Did he say that? He said that about no, superhero but, movies. No, that's and what he horror? said that about super. No, I was just joking. Oh, okay. That's what he said about superhero movies, which yeah. I agree with him on that, and I agree with you what you're saying there. Um, <laughs> no, I, the, I mean, I, like I think we could both agree. There's a good way to do a jump scare. Oh, I was just about to like, say. Um, yeah. The the best way to do it. Best example of a jump scare is Mulholland Drive. Mm-hmm. Easily. Yeah, I was gonna bring up the same that, one that is engraved in my mind and the best like i guess use of an anti-jump scare is the ending of blair witch (laughs) yeah like that is ingrained in my mind and just nothing happens you know (laughs) so there's really well there's really clever ways to do a jump scare Mm -hmm. um and i always prefer this stuff i think kind of more like blair witch um Oh, even yeah. like a, like like Mungo, like that scene. Oh right, it, I think yeah. that is it's very similar to um, Mulholland Drive. Mm-hmm. I, I would compare them. They're like yeah, very I, almost identical. <laughs> they are. <laughs> yeah. Well, my perspective is well in Mulholland Drive. You know, he's explaining the scene, right? Mm-hmm. Like he set it up. Like I had this dream. I'm here. You're here. You go over there and pay, and then we go out back but he doesn't want to remember what's back there. So you already know there's something like ominous and, and we're slowly walking out there. So we know something's going to happen, but we don't know what, right? Right. Like we have no expectations (laughs) and there's no music or anything. He just comes out, you know, the creature (laughs) or whatever the hell it is. And and that's very similar to Lake Mungo where the phone is just following the ground and we're following a path. We don't know what. And then suddenly there's just a thing. (laughs) <laughs> like it doesn't jump out and go boo it's just like oh it's there right and i think that's a good jump scare yeah it the lake mungo one is both of those are so memorable but yeah that lake mungo one is like so effective because it's like it's, that it's a little different my from the maholland drive one because it's like yeah with the lake mungo and you don't know what you're about to see you're literally just no, like you don't there's no build-up yeah, you, you're just like, it's you're following a camera that's just walking into the darkness. And you're like, what the fuck am I about to see? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then the, the Mulholland Drive one, it's yeah. still scary as fuck. But like in the scene before, he explains exactly what, what happens. And it's still really yeah. terrifying somehow. It's so weird. It's so well yeah. done. Well, 
We've got our uh, love for David Lynch out of the way in this episode. Uh, yeah, I so. feel like we hit all of the bullet points. We talked about Marvel. We talked about all that kind of shit we always We haven't about. Um, made a reference to Halloween and gotten riled up about it, um, but we still have some time. <laughs> That's so. true. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Well, uh, I think I think now is a good time to go into spoiler territory, and we'll just kind mm-hmm. of break down the movie. Okay. Uh, so, so spoiler uh, ahead. Um, essentially, uh, our movie starts with our main character Finn, uh, and his sister. I guess is also a main character, and they are in a home with an abusive father. And the sister has dreams, and her dreams are basically like visions of the future. And the past. Yeah. Because she sees the other kids that were taken. I don't know. And their mom was psychic, but she killed herself. But that doesn't come into play anywhere. I guess other than to explain why the daughter. I don't know. Um, that That's me with a lot of this movie explaining the plot. It's just, I don't know, I guess. You know? I don't know what they were trying to imply with that. I don't, I don't know if they were trying to imply that like. Because the mom said that she could hear voices and like the voices told her to kill herself or whatever. Is that like implying that like schizophrenia is like is really like uh, a form of like supernatural ability or something like that? Well, I don't know. I know back in the day they thought that was like if you were schizophrenic, you were like a witch, you know? Oh, okay. Yeah. But I don't know. I in this case, I think they were just. We need a reason for the dad to be abusive, and we need a reason for the daughter to see things. Mm-hmm. Um, but essentially, uh, it, it's a it's made aware that kids have gone missing around the neighborhood, and it's a well known thing. Uh, and eventually, our main character's, I guess, his best friend gets abducted as well. Uh. And my thing is, if they already had, like, like what, there was, like, four kidnappings before this one, you mm-hmm. think the town would be kind of on, like, lockdown. Like, hey, oh, yeah. kids, you know, maybe we should, like, chaperone our kids to school. You know, <laughs> let's have a curfew. Um, the, the cops were so bad in this movie. The cops did nothing. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, and I'm going to get into useless. later. They put way too much trust into a little girl. Who just has dreams. Yeah. <laughs> and they don't put trust into a man that actually figured it out. Yeah. Well, oh, God. Yeah. I'll talk about that soon when we get to it. Um. Yeah. So basically, eventually, then our Finney gets kidnapped and he wakes up in this, like, basically this concrete soundproof basement. And the only thing in there is a barred window that's kind of higher up, you know, like the basement, like gutter windows. And then there's like a little side hallway with a toilet and that's it. And in that room, in the middle of the room, there's a mattress on the floor and on the phone, that's the wires cut. Uh, and Ethan Hawke's like, Hey, uh, I'm going to kill you. Okay. Bye. <laughs> and he just like fucks off. Um, so the kid gets a call and I think the first kid, doesn't he tell him to like that? He started digging a hole in a certain spot but yeah. he didn't have enough time yeah he tells so he, him like which tile to like look under yeah to find the the hole so so finn starts digging a hole doesn't he gets about i don't know maybe like for an average adult like shoulder deep which is pretty mm-hmm. good but he doesn't have time so he covers it up with like a rug that's in the room 
so you can't see the hole. Right. Um, and then this is when basically the Ethan Hawke like brings him food or whatever, and then I I don't really know what Ethan Hawke's plan was, you know. <laughs> Like, I understand, like, if you would go down there and, like, mentally psych him out, but he really doesn't. Mm-hmm. He just kind of watches them. Yeah, I, I don't really know what... Th- that's my thing with the movie. Like, it's, like, I feel like if you're going to expand any part of the story, you, you, you expand the part when he's not in the room. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Like, where you build up the... You, like, build up all the characters a little bit before this horrible thing happens. Uh-huh. Then, it means more when people start disappearing. And then also for Ethan Hawke's uh, killer character, because you could like have him like read about him in the newspaper, like right. pit, like the police's theories about his like motives or like his patterns. Like there could be like, he kills he, the kid goes missing. And then the third day after that, he dies. So then there's like, yeah, something like the, they would. Yeah the kid knows that he only's got like three days before he's gone. Yeah. So add some kind of time. Cause there really isn't any, you're not sure. Right. Yeah. When he's going to die. Yeah. You just, you get like little hints of it. Like you don't, don't really, there's no like ticking clock element really other than he might kill you at any moment, which I guess is kind of scary, but yeah, I guess they went for more of the unpredictable kind of killer. Yeah. Which I get, I guess. Mm hmm. But yeah, the the next kid tells him that there's like a cord holding some rugs together and he can use that um, to like wrap around the window that he can climb up and try to like open so he'd yell for help. Hmm. Uh, And that doesn't work because he ends up just pulling the bars down. And then uh, meanwhile, his sister is having visions of uh, what she gets like she sees the abduction. She sees like the van with the balloons mm-hmm. and the police are interested in her because she told them about the balloons and they have found balloons at the abduction sites, but they didn't release that to the public. Right. Yeah. So that's where they're like, Hey, maybe this girl is psychic <laughs> and she needs to dream. It couldn't be that she's just made of random good guess. It's that she is psychic. She is psychic. And the dad's like, I'm going to beat the psychic out of you because my wife died. So I'm going to beat the shit out of you. Oh, God. Um, Yeah, the dad, the way the dad was written was like really comical. It was way over the top. I mean, yeah, he was really giving it like a hundred, you know? He was. Yeah, you got to give it to the guy playing him. You know, I, I guess best. I think what they were trying to do is make the kids relatable to the uh, Ethan Hawke's killer character, the grabber, mm. um, because like abuse is like a cyclical cycle. Mm. That was my guess what they were trying to go with it. Yeah. Um, maybe have the sense. kid understand on some level what um, the killer went through. Mm-hmm. But then he never actually tries to reason with him at all. So... <laughs> it doesn't matter yeah. <laughs> you know that was my problem too with the, the scenes where the Ethan Hawke and the kid interact the kid barely talks to him no he'll like say a yeah. word or two and he just kind of stands there scared 
And it's like, well, that's yeah. not fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I guess the kid doesn't want to reveal that he's talking to ghosts. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> but, but even if he just the kid was just trying to figure out why he's doing this, like the kid didn't even yeah. try. Which mm-hmm. I mean, it would have been interesting from a movie, a movie viewer's perspective, I guess. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but then the kid gets another call and he, it's, this is that really bad acting kid that I told about that was supposed to be like that tough kid. (laughs) And he tells him that there's like a weak spot in the wall that leads to like a storage room where they have a freezer. So he bashes a hole in the wall, gets into the freezer where there's just a bunch of like frozen steaks, but he can't get out because it's locked on the other side. (laughs) <laughs> uh, meanwhile the sister has more visions about that kid and I think she gets a number which is like the home address but she doesn't see the house she just yeah. has a number right um, meanwhile I don't remember at which point this happens in the movie but the police eventually I think once Finn goes missing they're like searching everywhere so they're going house to house have you seen this kid blah 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 Mm-hmm. And they go to a house of a guy who's on a lot of coke that has, like, basically triangulated the disappearances and is like, hey, I think the killer lives is in one of these houses because he would need to get the kids back home really fast without anyone yeah. seeing. So he would have to be within this area. And the mm-hmm. cops were like, huh, yeah, okay, buddy, see ya. Like, <laughs> that was really... <laughs> I'd understand if he was like, because he was on cocaine. I guess that's why they dismissed him. But yeah, I would understand if he was like, well, I believe the killer is a alien and blah, blah, blah. You know, he's trying to <laughs> take out the hearts of these kids and eat them. Yeah. You know, just something like crazy. But he was like actually giving like good police work. I know. Yeah. And what he was saying was smart because I think he also says something about like he figured out like. Well, if, if you're going to catch a kid, you're going to have to be in a car. And mm-hmm. then if you're going to get the kid out of the car without anyone seeing, you need a garage. So then he was like, oh, I've pinpointed all of these houses in this yeah. area with a garage. And it's like, that seems really valuable. Like, why wouldn't you just yeah. te- check that out? You got nothing else to go just, on. The cops just fucked off. <laughs> yeah. Like, and I'm going to go really talk funny. to this little girl with weird dreams. <laughs> because one of the cops is supposed to be the stupid cop two oh <laughs> like one was supposed to be the hard ass the other was kind of the dumb one right yeah i don't know <laughs> um but meanwhile like the final kid who was his best friend who i guess was just a good fighter uh basically told him hey fill up the phone with pet dirt pack it tight so it's heavy and i'm gonna teach you a move you can use on him mm-hmm uh, so he basically teaches him how to like, it was like go forward, back step forward, back, and then swing. Right. And and the kid practices it, and that cool, you know, he's ready. <laughs> uh, mean this is when like it kicks into the third act and all the pieces are connecting. Um, but then it doesn't matter in the end. Uh, <laughs> so. The sister sees uh, a vision, and she actually sees the house. Um, So she goes out looking for it. She finds it, calls the police. So the police are on their way. Meanwhile, the the guy upstairs 
uh, finds out, like, realizes it's the house he's in, and it's Ethan Hawke, his brother, who's the killer and all that, and he goes down there and uh, <laughs> opens the door, and I was really worried because I thought the kid was going to whack the guy. Oh, <laughs> with the phone. I was like, oh, this is going to be so dumb if he knocks him out. Yeah. You know, uh, but then the guy like opens the door and he's like, holy shit, my brother's the grabber. Uh, and then Ethan Hawke puts an axe in the back of his head. God, I hated uh, this scene. Can I just say I I hate that really? char- the brother character. Yeah, I it also felt really unnecessary. Yeah, because that that scene when we were talking about earlier, where he's like snorting coke and like telling the police his theories, it's like it's yeah. a funny scene, but yeah. it's like it's a very serious movie, and it like that's another one of those things where it like the tone of the movie is going like back and forth, like yep. and it yep. feels like you're getting whiplash. All the humor is really out of place. Yeah, it really is, and like I hated that scene when he opens the door to the kid in the basement because he doesn't open it all the way. Yeah. And like only you can only see his face, and I instantly knew like he was gonna come up behind him and hit him with an yep. axe. Like there's yeah, no, it was obvious. There's no reason that he would do that other than to keep suspense and not show someone coming down the stairs. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So he gets axed in the back of the head. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Police are on their way. Even Hawks like I'm gonna kill you now, kid, because you made me kill my brother. I'm mad. You're a naughty boy. Uh, and the kid basically whacks him with the phone, runs into that hallway where he set up like a tripwire. Mm-hmm. So Ethan Hawke like falls into that hole and like breaks his like uh, ankle. Yeah. Which is actually pretty gnarly. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, the kid strangles him. <laughs> and I think one of the dumber parts of the movie is he puts up the phone like the phone rings and the kid's like it's for you and puts it up and it's just like re <laughs> like you said reused audio of the kids conversations oh yeah it's like they like stitch together dialogue from earlier in the movie of the kids and it's it it sounds like terrible <laughs> and it's supposed to be very emotional yeah that was weird it's like if you wanted to be emotional have the kids record new dialogue and like do I- something smart I would be fine if the kids were just like, hey, grabber, fuck you. Yeah, you know? literally. Yeah. Um, like, it's just yeah. like, eat shit and die. Like, they like to insert as many Something like that. in this movie I don't as possible. Care. <laughs> yeah. Oh, one thing I want to talk about in this movie, the- Scott Derrickson really likes people punching each other. <laughs> there are so many unnecessary, like, fight scenes. You know, have you noticed there that? There are. There kind of are. There was yeah. like the kids, the kid fight in the beginning, uh, the kid getting bullied, uh, another one where the kid gets bullied and his sister punches him, that fight in like the the quickie mart place. Oh, there's the just arcade. so many. Yeah, there's just so many people getting punched. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you just figured out like that really good satisfying sound effect and was just like oh we gotta use it <laughs> or he thinks maybe just his work on marvel he's like if it doesn't have action in certain intervals <laughs> working working in the mcu like broke his brain yeah so now he thinks he has to have a punching scene every 10 they minutes told me people need to get punched every 10 minutes or they walk out of the theater and i lose money <laughs> disney will have get my left testicle they already have my right one 
That was to get out of so, my contract with Doctor Strange 2. I, I had to know. give him my right testicle. Yeah, they had a doctor there right when I signed. <laughs> yeah, but meanwhile this is going on. The police go to that house, but no one's there. But in the basement, <gasps> there was a bunch of bodies buried. They're like, oh, this is where he takes the body. But where does he do the killing? <laughs> Meanwhile, the kid is the kid has already taken out Ethan Hawke, um, <laughs> yeah. and Ethan Hawke had a guard dog, and he just uses the stakes from earlier, f- distracts the dog, and he gets out. The sister's like, "There he is," uh, and the movie's <laughs> over. Um, it really does just end like that. <laughs> this this is where my two major flaws are. Yeah, one, the police and the the sister did absolutely nothing. It didn't matter if she found it because he already got out, right? Right. Say they weren't there. He would just walk out and go straight home, you know? <laughs> um. Then another thing is for Ethan Hawke letting his brother stay, why would you not have your brother live in the house that does not have a children in a dungeon? <laughs> you know? Yeah, I feel like-, <laughs> like it's easier to hide dead bodies, right? Right. Like, John Wayne Gacy had, like, 28 kids in a crawl space and invited the police over, and they didn't notice. (laughs) I'm pretty sure your coked-out brother wouldn't notice a bunch of dead kids. Right, especially if you're not even letting him in the basement like he wasn't, like he was before. It's like, (laughs) it seems pretty easy. I, those, those are my two main complaints, and I think they're just big plot holes that really weigh everything down. Right, and it was like, it's one of those stupid things in movies that I, I hate. I absolutely hate where the only reason it's like that, it ignores all logic to make some kind of a mystery where and like yeah. make some kind of like, like thing that you don't expect happen. They do um, the fake out. Right. Yeah. And it's just annoying as hell, but it doesn't matter because they resolve it immediately. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That was the other stupid thing about it. <laughs> They're like, Oh, it's a fake house. Where's the real house? We got to get to him before this killer guy kills him. Meanwhile, cut to the kid strangling Ethan Hawke. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know. I like that one I, joke we made where we um, we said the, the police would arrest the kid. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they, they would see the <laughs> aftermath. Like, st- one guy would just immediately puke. Like, oh, like, where is that kid? He he destroyed that man. (laughs) Put an axe through his brother's head. (laughs) He put an axe through his head. He destroyed that man's ankle. He killed him with a goddamn phone. (laughs) Knowing how dumb those cops were, they probably would arrest the kid. They're like, you're telling me the kid was the grabber the whole time? Jesus Christ. <laughs> Another case solved. <laughs> I want th- that movie sends a whole lot more entertaining. <laughs> it turns out Ethan Hawke was captive. Oh, God. Yeah. That sounds like something M. Night Shyamalan would do. Honestly? Yeah. That, yeah, like all of that stuff we saw was like a, um, a hallucination by the kid. Yeah. To like justify his actions. Oh god. Yeah. Meanwhile, Ethan Hawke was actually trapped in the house above that was locked. <laughs> and the kid was laying in that dirty basement by choice. 
<laughs> Just reverse <laughs> Stockholm syndrome. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> there, there's, there's another check mark for the this episode down is rewrite the movie. Yeah, but funny. <laughs> we had to get a whiplash uh, anecdote in too. Um, um, he <laughs> he kidnaps a uh, Fletcher for some reason, <laughs> and J.K. Simmons comes looking for him. <laughs> yeah. That's Ethan Hawke versus J.K. Simmons. Ooh, J.K. Simmons the cop? Dude. Huh? I've got a movie. And he beats the shit out of him with a symbol. <laughs> <laughs> no, could you imagine if the phone rings and the kid just answers it and it's just the whiplash? You get like the drum solo in there. Like, what? <laughs> the drums. <laughs> And then, and then, like, it goes quiet, and then there's just, like, the ghost of, like, a J.K. Simmons behind him. He's like, I will fuck you like a pig. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be awesome. <laughs> why is the, why, why is Whiplash so funny to make fun of? I have no idea. I don't know. It's so weird. It's something because it's so, like, serious. <laughs> I don't know. I think just imagining that character in any situation is funny. <laughs> it's like so self-serious that it's makes it funny to. Yeah, I really yeah. hope this doesn't ruin Whiplash for me because I like that movie. No, it's a great movie. I, it's a good one. I sweated during that movie. <laughs> I remember watching. I was like, "Oh my god, is it hot in here?" Well, I think overall, um, Black Phone's is good. I was about to say pretty good, but I think it's it's fine. Uh, I don't regret seeing it. I think it's worth seeing it. Um, It's doing very well. Oh yeah, I I was surprised. Reading it was made only on three million dollars, and it already it made like twenty three in the first weekend. (laughs) That's awesome. It's doing better than Lightyear. I feel like there haven't been much, like, I guess, uh, horror movies out mm-hmm. that appeal to the general audience. Because I don't think X really has that appeal. No. Um, But I feel yeah. like there really hasn't been much out. No. The next one is probably the... Nope. Um, nope. Yeah. Which we'll, we'll definitely see. Oh, yeah. So. Even if it isn't a horror movie, it's being marketed like one, so we'll watch it. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm sure it is. It probably it's is. It's going to be like sci-fi horror. Mm-hmm. That first trailer, definitely horror. Oh, yeah. That first short trailer is actually really scary Yeah, for some reason. The second one was more funny for some reason, but I guess that's probably going to be more the style. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's how all like Jordan Peele movies are now going to be. It's like they're funny until they're not. <laughs> but I think that's like a good like like tone, right? Like he mm-hmm. balances that tone really well. He yeah no he does. Like there are a lot of like genuinely frightening scenes in Get Out, and then you also be like five minutes really laughing at something. Yeah, like it, yeah that it he knows how to balance the tone more. This movie does not. <laughs> yeah you have a coked out yeah. lunatic and then you have ethan hawk like abusing a child in a basement it's like <laughs> you can't switch between those two <laughs> what what do you mean why not 
Unless you're laugh. David Lynch. I don't think you can yeah. do that. <laughs> true. That's very true. Oh, All right. God. Well, um, I guess we're endorsing it. So if, if you're interested, go 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 see it in theaters near you. Hey, I was um, looking. There's literally nothing else worthwhile in theaters right now. So, I mean, unless you really want to see like fucking Lightyear Elvis, which I I saw Lightyear. I would not recommend that movie. So please don't see it. <laughs> I was trying to come up with a joke. Um, like, what if a Toy Story they black phoned uh, Andy? <laughs> like they locked him in a basement. The toys, the toys, yeah. Oh, like God. Woody and Buzz and them. Yeah, they're like, you don't want to play with us. We'll play with you. Oh no. And yeah, it's still the same thing where like the voices of like the toys past owners are trying to help them defeat yeah. the toys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. I also oh, I also like using uh he black phoned him like a verb. <laughs> like now when kids get abducted, oh he got black phoned. He's black phoned. <laughs> he black black phoned. Oh god! There, we need to come All up right. with a what is the, to get whiplashed? What does that mean? Whiplashed? Um, yeah, I think that just means bullied to suicide <laughs> by J.K. Simmons specifically. Specifically by J.K. Simmons. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I guess it's just like a major form of gaslighting. <laughs> I'm gonna whiplash you. <laughs> oh god! <laughs> All right. Let's end this on another failed movie idea. So, <laughs> yes. um, Black phone, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Um, yeah. So uh, thanks for listening, and we will see you next time. 